Hello, and welcome to the Divorce Woman's Guide podcast, where we talk about the things us divorcees are thinking, but not always talking about, as we turn our divorce into the best gift you've ever been given. And I do so with a little bit of sass and a whole lot of class. I am your host, Wendy Sterling, founder of The Divorce Rehab. I am here to support you in this transition phase of your life so you can start your new best chapter on your own terms. After all, that's what I did after my own divorce. And now it is my mission to change the conversation around divorce and help you see why your divorce, like mine, was the best gift you ever received. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. How are you all doing today? I am really excited that you have joined me on today's episode because I am here with my friend, Melissa Keenan. Hello, Melissa. How are you? I'm great. So happy to have you here. And everybody, we are going to dive into a conversation topic that as Melissa and I were chatting about about before we hit the record button, we had a similar conversation in one of my coaching groups. And it was so powerful that Melissa had to come onto my podcast and share her wisdom with you guys today around the power of feminine energy. She's also going to talk about intimacy and why both intimacy and feminine energy are important. So before we dive in, I want to share a little bit more about you, Melissa, with our audience today today. So Melissa go-to confidant for high-powered female CEOs. She helps them access their feminine energy as a 10 time 10 times growth strategy. Her clients produce more while doing less by mastering their feminine CEO, accessing their power through things like intimacy and connection. Melissa is a keynote speaker. She is also a USA Today bestselling and international bestselling author, as well as the host of the interview series, Chronicles of High-Powered Female CEO. Melissa, welcome. And I, I love your story. And I know that it has contributed to the incredible and amazing work that you do today with all of your clients. So if you wouldn't mind sharing a bit about that and how you came to do the work that you do today. Absolutely. I definitely never saw myself sitting in the seat that I sit in. Um, (laughs) As a kid, I have a bachelor degree in biology, and so I thought I was going to be a doctor right now. I'm so glad I didn't go that route. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, you know, I, my, let me give you just the short version of my story, which is that my female ancestors all on every side were so oppressed by their husbands. There was so much um, abuse and darkness and trauma. And that was the circumstances that I was born into, which um, I think led me to being really curious about what was possible for my life and being really dedicated to wanting to experience um, more than what I saw my female ancestors experiencing. And, um, 
And so, but then I had a really, really terrible childhood, like very difficult things. My parents divorced, drugs, abuse. My dad died when I was 12. Um, my mom lost full custody of me and I lived with my aunt and uncle from 12 to 18. So just a big old mess is what my childhood was. And I made the decision to get married at a young age and start having children right away, following my heart and following God and feeling like um, I'm going to do this differently than anyone before me has done this. And that drive was fantastic, but the execution was um, like a shit show. <laughs> if I'm going to be totally honest, it was yep. It looked like control and perfectionism and uh, micromanaging and never trusting my husband or myself and even nitpicking. I remember my daughter, my gosh, when she was first born, I would like change her outfit five times a day because she got a little spill on it. It was like, well, you know, it's not perfect now. So this is who I was yeah, back then. Um, five years into my marriage, my husband came to me. And let me know that he had had a secret addiction our whole marriage. Um, initially, I didn't understand what that really meant. I like said some really hopeful things to him about how he can change. And I was so glad he told me and kind of had my head buried in the sand. But over time, I realized, wait a minute, this means he's lied to me a lot. This means he's lied to me about his whereabouts and what he's been doing. How many times? I don't understand. And then the nature of his addiction also meant it affected some of the most intimate um, things that we shared together. And so... Um, and so eventually I asked my husband to move out and we were separated for about six months. During that time, we didn't know. Um, I didn't even know if I was giving him permission to go move in with a girlfriend. Like I really didn't know the extent of this secret other life that I didn't know anything about. And, um, and it was from that place that I really began to know myself on a new level. I, I saw with all new eyes, like the way I was doing life, this masculine energy, controlled, measured way of doing life where I was hustling, improving and, um, and, and doing all this was not going to, um, actually produce the fulfillment that I wanted. And actually I had oppressed myself and then ended up in a similar circumstance as my female ancestors. So here I was with three tiny babies they were all in diapers and it was like full surrender and just building back from that space and really deepening into an understanding of who I was and beginning to love myself and love like the unknown and life as it is um, was such a journey. My husband and I um, both worked really hard. It took about two more years before we really knew if this marriage was going to stick or not, if even moving back in together was a good idea. And eventually we got to this place where it honestly felt like a second honeymoon. It felt like I remember looking at him one day and just being like, I didn't know that this kind of connection and intimacy existed. I didn't know we could feel like this in a marriage. I'd never seen it before and definitely never experienced it in the relationships I had had. And so um, it was from that point that I was like, women need to know. People need to know that like it's not a fairy tale. 
and and you know lots of personal development and stuff that that went into that but but ultimately i think the biggest shift that i had was this piece around intimacy that all i needed to do and all that life was requiring of me was to show up as myself I just had to learn to love and accept me first, um, to see into me, intimacy, into me, see. And and then everything else like falls into place. And so, um, you know, from there, of course, lots of certifications and things that would help me to have the right kind of tools and things. And I've been working with women and couples and also men for the last four years around intimacy and managing your masculine and feminine energy. It's amazing. And an incredible story. And I've heard your story before, but you, like, I heard it differently this time, which, which was an interesting shift because I hope that everybody listening heard that, you know, any relationship really takes work. It took you guys two years to really work through and figure out because you both were doing, I also want to pay attention. You were both doing the work and that is why the healing process, whether it is reconciliation or not, is so incredibly important. And it is also incredibly important to come out on the other side and to realize what an amazing person that you are and, and how amazing we are as human beings, like what our capabilities are as human beings. And more so when we allow ourselves to really lean into our feminine. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that because I know that not everybody listening understands what you know feminine versus masculine energy is. And it's not being a woman and you have feminine energy. Everybody has both. So can you talk a little bit more about that and educate our listeners? Yeah, I think it's important. Um, there's an important distinction um, between three different ideas around feminine that I like to um, kind of lay out for people. One is cultural femininity. And this is what you think of when you think of being a girly girl or being a feminine woman. Um, and it varies depending on your upbringing. Like it's very dependent on your culture. For some women, that means, um, you know, nails and eyelashes and whatever. For some women, and that means like being in the kitchen 24 seven and like kind of being subservient to your husband. This is cultural femininity. And um, honestly, like take it or leave it, right? Like it is what it is. It's, it, it's not in the context of what we're talking about. Um, the other thing is masculine and feminine energy, which refers to yin and yang principles, you know, ancient principles that have existed for a very, very long time. And yin and yang, um, the yin is feminine, the yang is masculine. This is like the difference of um, feminine is being where masculine is doing. Uh, feminine is inward focused, masculine is outward focused. Feminine is flow, where masculine is controlled and structured. Um, uh, you know, masculine is focused on achievement, accomplishment, um, what you can produce. Where feminine is more um, focused on your essence or sensing and feeling into things and um, 
uh, you know, even things like play and pleasure and being open and receiving. Uh, and so and so uh, that's what we're talking about when we talk about masculine and feminine energy. And the work that I do actually blends one more kind of femininity that I want to bring in because it's super important. What I call divine feminine or maybe like a woman in her fullness, if you want to say that. To me, divine feminine is all the parts of what it means to be a full woman, your true identity, which is a beautiful dance of masculine and feminine energy, yin and yang. And it's basically all the recesses inside of us that we have thought throughout centuries. We have to hide, we have to shut down, we have to stifle and push away. It's like bringing forward all parts of us and trusting that all parts of us are a gift. So, um, so those are the three kinds of feminine, cultural feminine, it can be kind of damaging. It is what it is. It's good to see it and know the differences. And one of the things I love to do with women is ask, like, what were the um, like, what were the things that you were taught by uh, the women in your life that it means to be a good woman? Air quotes around good woman, because. Typically, there's a lot of like conditioning around that. And once you become a woman, you get to decide for yourself, like, do I like those things or do I not like those things, right? So that's cultural. Then there's the yin or feminine energy. And these are energy principles that just exist. Um, they're not good or bad or right or wrong. They just are. And it's, it behooves us to understand them. And then there's this um, concept around embodying our divine feminine. Mm-hmm. I'm just writing this down because this is really good. I hope love it. I love taking it. notes as well. And I think it's so incredibly important for people to understand the differences, even especially with the, and I love the term divine feminine energy that resonates beautifully for me. And, you know, I tend to be somebody who, who is really strongly masculine energy dominant. And I know that a lot of my listeners are, I know that that's the type of client that I attract and, you know, and it's exhausting being in your masculine all the time is, is draining. And I find that it also really takes you out of being present, which I have found and learned that, you know, feminine energy is really what allows you to have presence, right? To really be in that place where you are creating connection. So talk a little bit more, if you would, about how feminine energy sort of, you know, it, it really, it more grounds you in, as you said, it's the being um, and how that leads to being in the present moment and creating connection with other people. Well, intimacy is all about the present moment. Um, I don't think that we can really experience intimacy when we are focused on the future or focused on the past. Like right. intimacy is that closeness, that connection, that feeling of um, unity with someone or something around you. So absolutely, this requires our feminine energy. And I think it would be fun to give a few examples. Um, and Wendy, because we've had a few conversations and yeah. I, feel like I know you now, I wanna bring in some of the things you said to me. Um, because before we started this call, you were talking about uh, some messes in your house, right? Yes. So culturally, for most American women, we would consider feminine things would be like keeping the house clean, 
That's super feminine, right? We would say that's a cultural feminine um, construct that we've created. And actually the busyness and control around feeling like the house has to be clean and messes drive me crazy. That's our masculine energy kicking in, right? <laughs> that's what I was literally just telling Melissa because there's there's some you know movement happening around my house and I am like, oh my God, there's boxes and there's stuff everywhere. <laughs> Power is like, get rid of it right now. <laughs> the idea of um, like organization is a masculine energy con um, a concept. The idea of, um, you know, things need to be in a certain place or happen at a certain time. All of these things are in the realm of masculine energy. Um, some other funny things that we we typically think of as uh, as feminine is uh, service, right? Especially any Christian um, upbringing. Service, service, service. And for some reason, the women do all this service, right? Like that's the, the way you be a quote unquote good woman. That's feminine, right? Actually give is masculine energy. Receiving is feminine energy. So all this, you know, um, no, I don't need any help. I got it. Oh, you know, like you can't even receive a compliment. You have to compliment the person back. All of that is in the energy of, of masculine energy. So you can see now if we bring this down to um, how does, you know, feminine energy help us get into this present moment or help us, um, kind of like catalyze or have a, a breeding ground for more intimacy and connection. You can see why that would be the case, right? Like being open to chaos, even like loving it, even being able to like lean in and go, there's beauty here in this mess in my home, right? Or I was telling Wendy, I um, in my journey of developing my own um, feminine energy side, really meeting her and knowing who she was and even like, you know, uh, figuring out that I had that inside of me. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I had a friend make me a sign that said, embrace the messy life. Because that was a thing for me that I had to, that I had to just go, you know what, this is making me so miserable. What is like, what's the alternative? How can I approach this differently? So, um, uh, and, and being open, being receiving, um, it, it's all like this connected space. So I now see the world as though um, everything is about intimacy. For me, I'm in a relationship with everything around me, even my home, even nature, um, certainly my relationships, certainly my business and my clients. And, um, and, and so where is intimacy with those things, right? Like in any given moment, um, the um, a, a good example is like the sand at the shore. The sand at the shore can be like this miraculous thing, right? Like, wow, this particle of dirt has probably been here for millions of years. Imagine all it's seen. I'm holding it right now. And I'm like now connected to like, you know, whatever, millions of years of life <laughs> lived on the Before planet. Before you, the history of this grain of sand. Right. That's yeah. intimacy, right? Yeah. With a grain of sand. And in the next moment, all this dirt is getting up in my space. It's dirty. I can't stand it. I hate the sand, right? And I'm like, I don't like it. It's in the wrong places. I'm upset. 
upset. I'm all like cumbered about, right? <laughs> I can't control it. No matter what I do, I'm trying to get the sand off of me. So this is a great example of, of how we how we can be in any given situation in masculine energy or feminine energy. It's so it's so perfect. And I know everybody can resonate with what you just said, because I'm like, oh my God, I have a love-hate relationship with sand too. <laughs> um, and it's interesting when you think about it that way that, you know, and, and I'd like to, to go a little bit deeper into intimacy because, you know, as I've learned, even through my own experience and as, you know, I've coached my clients through, um, you know, really them falling back in love with themselves to understand how to create intimacy. Let's, let's go there. So can you get a little bit more specific and really define what intimacy is, how you get to create it and that it's not just for the bedroom, right? Um, um, yes. And what I'll, why don't I start with saying um, this example? Intimacy is is everything, right? I just sort of explained how you can experience it in all all places. You can experience it within yourself on emotional levels, on spiritual levels, mental levels, and physical levels. Mm -hmm. And how we know that intimacy isn't just sex is because sex can have intimacy with it as the experience, or sex can just be sex. It can be robotic. It can even be hurtful. It can even feel like the worst disconnection you've ever felt, right? So that's how we know intimacy is not sex. Intimacy is something that can be enhanced through through physical act of sex, but um, but it's something so much more special and even magical. And so you know, just like when I was when I was meeting with you and your group, Wendy, I I think like it's hard to put a stale box definition around what intimacy right. is because we all experience it differently. It's a feeling, love, right? Right, exactly. I love to ask people to ponder, like, when in your life did you experience intimacy? When can you think, like, when did I feel really close to someone? Some of the um, uh, characteristics, right, of intimacy are safety, I feel so safe that I actually was willing to share and give of myself in a situation. I feel so safe that I was willing to receive someone fully. Uh, another characteristic is trust. And sometimes it, it's not necessarily like so much trust in the other person. Like when I sit with a mm -hmm. girlfriend or something, like I don't have like implicit trust in her. I have trust in the universe that like this person's been brought into my life and I can share a connection with her and she's a safe person, right? So I can share something with her. Um, trust. So we've got safety and trust. Another characteristic is vulnerability, always intimacy involves yeah. vulnerability. And if we really break down, vulnerability is kind of like a trending buzzword ever since Brene Brown came around, which like yeah. I love her so much, but, but I think we still kind of don't fully understand what it means. Like vulnerability always feels vulnerable. Right. <laughs> I think we want to do the vulnerability thing. Like we think that sounds like a really good idea, but can I do that without feeling vulnerable? No, you can't actually. <laughs> like the idea is 
you have all this armor on and now you're going to show people where the singe in your armor is. Like this is where if you shot an arrow in, it would hurt. That's right. what a vulnerability is, right? So, um, and that happens on all levels too, right? It's the same as um, sharing with a loved one, like, yeah, you know, this happened in my past and I never thought I would tell anyone, right? Um, it's the same as being like, wow, you know, actually, I never told you this. We've had sex a million times, but every single time that I take my clothes off, I worry that you're not going to like the way I look like it's it's so real and tender and it brings up emotion. So that third uh, characteristic is vulnerability. And yeah, with that comes emotion. And, you know, and it doesn't always have to mean sharing the yuck either. Um, it can be really vulnerable to like get so giddy with someone that you're laughing so hard that you're crying and now snot's pouring down your face. <laughs> right? That yes. vulnerable. Um, uh, so it doesn't always have to look like the yuck, but it's this, it's this beautiful um, safe space that we can create. And I think we have more ability to create than what we realize. We kind of all are waiting for intimacy to happen to us, I think. And we're also all pretty afraid of it. Um, the more and more women, uh, women and men that I've talked to, it's like, I want to be deeply seen and known so much. And I'm also terrified to yeah. be deeply seen and known, right? A hundred percent. I think the fear is a big one. Um, and, you know, so many of us that have been through divorce, right? There's a lot of betrayal that happens as to reasons that marriages end. And so the thought of trust and safety and vulnerability, all three of them feel terrifying mm -hmm. to anybody, um, you know, which therefore, um, you know, they're, they're feelings that you avoid, hence you avoid intimacy, right? If those are the three characteristics, that's what people are avoiding at all costs. And yet they don't realize that they are still capable, right? Because many times we think like, oh, I'm never doing that again. But yet you are in other relationships, right? Like, in the group, when you came in to talk, you know, so many people were sharing, um, you know, the intimacy that they create with their, with their friends, right. With their kids. And it was really wasn't until you talked a little bit more about this, that they, you know, it's like all of a sudden the light bulbs went on when they were like, Oh my God, I didn't realize that mm -hmm. I'm actually creating intimacy with other people. So it's not that I'm not capable. It's that in this area, right. I get to work on that. It's something that I get to build, to build back because it's important. So why is that important? Why is it important for people to not only lean into their feminine more, but to also understand and allow themselves to feel intimacy again? Mm, I, I feel like I, I'm so glad you, you brought back in this experience of the divorced woman, because it almost feels like we need to give her a little intimacy with herself for a minute. Like if you've been listening and like you're now triggered like crazy 
Um, it's, it's understandable. And maybe this is an opportunity to, I love, like, literally, we cannot experience intimacy with another more than we can experience it with ourselves. So maybe just take a moment and take a deep breath. And notice the feelings in your physical body. And if that means like pushing pause or whatever you need to do, like honor the sensations that you're feeling and lean into them, maybe for the first time ever. The other side of our emotions, and this does answer your question, the other side of our emotions and letting ourselves feel our emotions it reveals to us what we deeply value. So our emotions aren't the end-all be-all, but they're like a roadmap guiding us to our most fulfilled life. They guide us to, you know, for instance, like um, I'm triggered like crazy because I've been listening to this conversation and I never experienced that once in my previous marriage. And, and now I'm thinking, what was I thinking? Why did I ever marry this person? And how could I have been so hurt? Like, how could someone be like that, right? You're thinking all of these things and it brings up feelings for you. And those feelings are likely guiding you to things like, I, I value connection. I value safety. It helps you identify what has been missing in your current experience so that you can then go and create it. You can create it for yourself and you can create it in a new relationship when the time feels right, right? So um, I remember with my, um, uh, with my husband and, and everything that we went through, um, oftentimes connection and like the word was like, um, I wanna, honestly, I wanna say approval. Like I was seeking approval all the time and we usually judge ourselves for that. I like leaned into it. It's like, I feel like the worst person in the world for, you know, all this shame for what I've just been through. I love connection. I want connection and I want approval. And so I would go out and create those values for myself over and over and over by creating connection with friends, connecting with, like I said, you know, I realized I'm connected to like everything. I like talk to the rocks and all this, right? <laughs> and also approval. Like I would literally text people in my life and say, I'm feeling a little low. Would you um, be willing to share with me like what you value in our friendship or what you value about me as a person like I did vulnerable stuff because I wanted approval and prayer too was a huge one like can I just feel that you know you approve of me God even if like it seems like the rest of the world and my husband and whatever doesn't approve of me um, and I did that so much until the point when I was able to even extend that into my marriage and be like I want to connect. And even now I'll ask my husband for reassurances at times. And I'll say like, I like, like, are you happy with me? Like, that sounds like so weak. No one teaches you to say that stuff. But I will literally say like, I need a reassurance. And can you tell me, you know, these things? And it's just so beautiful, right? So we create this intimacy with ourselves and then with others. And the cost of not doing that, and we see, we all know women like this, right? And you may be teeter-tottering on the fence of being this woman of like, 
All this stuff hurts too much. I'm just going to shove it in a box and pretend it never happened. And I'm going to keep myself busy. And I'm going to say, I'm working on healing. I'm working on, you know, getting myself worth back. And I just keep myself busy all the time. <laughs> it's actually not the same thing as really working on yourself, right? And it's not going to lead to intimacy. And then what happens is we end up creating a life that we don't love. We end up creating more unhappiness for ourselves. So so that's why, you know, intimacy really, I think, is like, it's like the core of who we all are. We're meant to do this life together. We're meant to be with people and we're meant to be open and feeling and be vessels on the planet, right? Not robots. So that is where intimacy is so, um, like, I want to like plead with you and say, I know you feel like maybe that's never in the cards for me, but I promise you it is, even though people didn't treat you the way that they should have in the past. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I appreciate you saying all those things. I mean, I had to learn how to create intimate conversation, right? Like what questions to ask or what even to say. Um, and that in and of itself is vulnerable. Um, you know, testing the waters and seeing if the other person responds to how it is that you phrase something. Um, you know, intimacy is something that is created so beautifully through conversation. Um, and it's something that I've learned in my 40s. I mean, I didn't understand intimacy prior to my divorce in the way that I understand and feel it now. And I know that everybody tuning in today has gotten so much wisdom from you. Um, Melissa, what last tips or advice or wisdom do you want to leave with our audience today before we uh, wrap our episode? I, I would love to share because, uh, because I understand the, um, I understand the space and the pain that we feel when we're going through this shaky ground of having lost a connection um, or feeling like we're losing the connection and commitment that we created at one time. Um, that the number one key, if you want to access your feminine energy and you're thinking, where do I even start? I know I'm so in my masculine all the time. The best place to start is self-compassion, like very specifically applied. Like literally when you start to think I'm such an idiot or what was I thinking or um, judging yourself in any way to pause and flip the script on that. Like, I love you unconditionally. And it makes so much sense that you're hurting right now. And it makes so much sense that you're scared right now. Like literally putting your hand on your heart and speaking these things, speaking these things to yourself. Um, it is absolutely the key to that those inner recesses of yourself and rebuilding a trust from within so that eventually you can feel like you can extend your little trust bubble outside of yourself and bring other people in, you know, uh, let, let your love in again into your life. Mm. So important and so beautifully said, I, I don't think we practice self-compassion enough. And I love that you, I'd fight that as a way for people to take a step closer to stepping into their feminine. So Melissa, 
I adore you. I love the work that you do. It is so incredibly powerful what you teach and how you teach it. So thank you so much for being here. And I want everybody to know where it is that they can find you. Um, and I also know that you have a free gift of which everything's going to be in the show notes, everybody. Um, but Melissa, verbally, if you could share how people can find you and what your gift is to everybody. Absolutely. So if you're on Facebook, a real quick search up is Women Manifesting Intimacy. You can just go type that into the um, Facebook search and find me there. Um, it's a beautiful group for business women uh, who want to experience more intimacy in their life. So there's people in there of all, all walks of life, all um, relationship statuses. And um, and then the free gift is on my website, www.melissakeenan.com. And that is is a free intimacy guide which creates intimacy with yourself first. And so it takes you through some of the things I literally just talked about step by step with a situation that's pertinent to you because we can sit around and like theorize about this all the time, but until you really bring it into your own life and experience it from the neck down, not just thinking about it, um, you know, it doesn't really have the power. So go and take that intimacy guide and and it's fun. It takes you through, you know, kind of some feelings and, and guiding you to what you deeply value and then even creating an intimacy statement if you want to share that with someone else. So um, I'd love to connect with with any of you. Obviously, if you do that worksheet, you know, please uh, email me and let me know that you did it. And I'd love to hear, hear your results. Amazing. Melissa, thank you so much for being here today. I adore you. It was so thank great you. chatting with you. Thanks so much. <laughs> of course. Everybody tuning in today. Oh my goodness. I hope that you guys really enjoyed today's episode. I know that I took a lot of notes and I always love asking those questions that I believe many of you guys are thinking and hopefully you guys got a nugget of information, if not multiple nuggets of information to help you wherever it is that you guys are in your healing journey. Thank you so much for joining me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode that releases every single week. Sending you all so much love, light, and joy as always. Mwah. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this episode with someone you know or spread the word on social media. This is how I reach more divorcees around the world and provide them with the support they need to create their next best life. And I would also love to continue the conversation with you. So please friend me on Facebook, join my private Facebook group, The Divorce Rehab, and follow me on Instagram at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. I'll see you next time.